You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's your Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, the All-American. And it's Dan. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? I'm just kicking it. Easter, up, Easter vibes just got done, man. Okay. How y'all, how y'all spend Easter? Well, man, listen, man. We sat, sat at the house, and it was a little bit weird. Uh, me and my wife <laughs> watched uh, <laughs> we watched services on TV. Um, you know, and, 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 uh, got on the grill a little bit. What about you guys? What's your grill? I'm not just, that's not, that's not just, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we didn't see any pictures on oh, the timeline. Yeah. Right. You know, put little, little chicken wings on there, man. And, uh, you burn them. We ain't seen no pictures. Yeah, he's pictures. got a Vari type plate. But you know, <laughs> I, I'm just not learning. I did pretty well too, bro. I'm learning. Yeah. Charco- you call Snell? Gas? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call Snell to give me, I, I wrote Snell and asked him for some lessons, and I, I think he big timed me, so he he took me back. So. Oh, relationship oh. wings ain't feeling you. He, if it was ribs, he would hit you back. You feel me? All right, cool, cool. I'm gonna take yeah. it out. What'd you get into, Dan? Just just hung out, man. I mean, all my family's down in South Florida, so didn't go down there. Uh, just just hung out, enjoyed the weather. Did uh, I've been biking a bunch recently ever since my gym closed. So did about a 25 mile bike ride on uh, on Sunday. Um, but other than that, man, just kind of hung out. We had good weather here in Tampa. Caught up on some TV. Caught up with some friends. Uh, can't really, uh, can't really complain. What about you, Soap? Uh, a little bit of the same thing. Did some bike riding. Um, a lot of family time. A lot of downtime. That, that's about it, man. Cooked. I, I had some. I had some some raw tuna for, for, for yeah, yeah veggies, raw tuna. Uh, had some pasta dishes and, and whatnot over here. Some cabbage. Yeah. It, it was decent. Yeah, they're different. I, I grilled some ribs for, for my wife and the kids. They eat ribs and, and and all that craziness, but no pork on my fork. But they get they get busy with it. So I got them a nice rack, you know. Okay. What you watching on TV, Dan? I think you're muted, Dan. Dan, you muted, Dan. What are you watching, Amad? To Dan, to Dan get get his stuff together. What are you watching? What over the weekend? On TV right now. What's what's good with you on TV? Man, I, I ain't really been been trying to. You know, I've been trying to find something to watch. Actually, um, Dan was talking about the All American Show, and I don't know, man. I ain't too into that. I, I caught the first couple episodes, and I think one time what happened was I went to sleep, and my wife continued to watch like the next two episodes, so it kind of like threw me off a little bit. And then yeah. next thing you know, she talking about season two, and I'm like, I ain't even been season one. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm trying to really trying to find. Find something to watch, but you know, um, some of my favorites though is, is the old faithful, the ID channel. I'm a, I'm a yeah, heavy yeah. ID channel type dude, and uh, I love uh, Annie. I love all the stuff that come on live PD and all that type stuff. So you got Hulu? That's, that's yeah, I got all that. Hey man, check out Lotifies everywhere. Pretty dope. What is it called? Lotifies everywhere. It got uh, Kerry Washington in it, Reese Witherspoon. A uh, real dope. Dope joint, man. It's on Hulu. Um, they draw episodes like every I think Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. But real good TV series. 
I I only got Hulu because my daughter called me and getting the Disney Plus. So I said, if I'm gonna get Disney Plus, I might as well go all out. Oh, you got Hulu? Then you got a couple. Uh, you, you see the Wu Tang series? I ain't even been on it. I ain't, I ain't yeah, man, you got it's all. a lot of TV for you to check on. out, man. Yeah, check that out. I've been slacking. I've been being daddy. This little man, I like he don't know how to sleep at night. So I hear you on that, man. So how's the little one doing? That he straight with the babe? Yeah, man, he, he's getting better, and, and and you know he's getting big, fat little porky little thing. But yeah, but besides that. Um, everything's good, man. My daughter's getting tall. She uh, she still thinks she she on summer break. And I, I keep telling her this ain't summer break, so you got to do some schoolwork. So get her schoolwork done out of the way, and uh, you know, she yeah. hang out with her friends, on, you know, on the Facetime and whatnot. But it's just weird. The whole situation weird for everybody, you know. And um, you know, parents trying to trying to uh, homeschool the kids and whatnot. On top of that, you know, say their job. I still go on, and you know, I done seen people had to, you know basically leave that job because they don't have nowhere for their kids and people getting laid off and stuff. It's tough right now. Yeah, it's rough for a lot of people, man. It's, thank God for 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 um, my household being able to maintain the same income and, and keep moving forward and be productive with school-wise and virtual school Definitely. and work, wife working from home instead of the courthouse. So shout out to, to for all those blessings. Dan, what you watching on TV, bro? Yeah, sorry guys, I had a uh, some technical difficulties. I'm not that much of an IT guy. I just play one on uh, in TV and career. Um, so no, still yeah. still catching up on that All American show. Uh, I mean, it's long. I mean, every episode's like 45 minutes. There's like 16 episodes in the first season, like 15 in the second. Uh, so watch that. Um, watched uh, the new Mark Wahlberg um, Netflix show, Spencer Confidential, or. Something along those lines wasn't wasn't really feeling it. It's kind of like every other Mark Wahlberg movie, just a little bit crappier than uh, than most of them, uh, in my opinion. Uh, what else am I? Wa- I started watching The Stranger. I don't know if you guys. Uh, Stranger, what's that on? Uh, I think it's on Netflix. It's either Netflix or Hulu. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Um, I'm just like an episode in. It's a little bit different. Uh, it's one of those shows you really have to watch and pay attention to. Whereas like All American, I can turn on in the background and, and do whatever. Um, but yeah, just trying to uh, to, to binge watch. Um, the, that new episode of Tiger King's out now. Uh, so got to catch up on that as well. But, uh, yeah, hit 15 minutes of fame is done in my life. Yeah, yeah Tiger King. I'm, I'm not giving him no more energy, man. Yeah, uh, I I don't think it's that good. I mean, you know, from from the people that I've talked to and everything else, he just said it. It's um, Joel McHale. If you guys remember him from like the talk talk soup yeah. or whatever that show was, he yeah. filmed it. Like he he interviews like four or five of the main. It's people. almost like it's like a reunion, basically. Yeah, it is, and and from what I heard, it's just not that good. Um, but. Remember how we kind of had the debate about the uh, the girl that got her arm bitten off, and you were like, "It's a dude." Um, we're like, "No, it's oh, a girl." Yeah. So apparently, yeah. she identifies as a male, but she's like not offended that people called her a female on the show. So uh, that that kind of answers the question, Corey. Of what is she? And I was ahead of my time. She wants saying. to be. She wants to be a male. So. Oh, okay. So I was right. Or as a he, as a he, I guess. So, yeah. uh, but other than that, man. Um, I guess yeah. I'm the Dwayne Wade on this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've been checking out. I've been checking out a lot of stuff on um, on, on Hulu and, and and just regular TV as well. Um, do you do you guys watch Insecure Mm-mm. HBO series? I don't. I don't. Yeah, that was good. Came back on last night. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, this season with four, they took a break okay. for like a year, man. But um, yeah, shout out to, to Insecure. That shit's back. So I checked that out last night. Um, pretty dope. But yeah, if y'all can check out Little Fires Everywhere, I think that was a real good series on on Hulu. 
that's what I've heard. So I got to got to check that out. I uh, got a few things to power through first, but this is the first time in a long time I think that we've talked about. It. I don't really watch a ton of TV, and it's not because like I'm against it or anything. It's just don't normally have the time, so it's nice to be able to catch up on some of the stuff that people are talking about and kind of feel like I'm you know one of everybody else now. You know. Yeah, money heist too. I haven't seen that, but I've, I've seen a lot of tweets about it on the timeline. So I'm gonna get into that tonight. See what that's about. And it usually takes me about three episodes to know if I'm gonna like a show. I, yeah. I want to watch. Um, was it Empire? I want to watch Empire. Um, yeah. I want to watch Ballers. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff that I want to catch back up on. Oh yeah, Ballers was real good. It got it got a little, a little boring last season, but up before yeah. the end, it was it was really good. So. Yeah. But um, well, what's going on in uh, in the world of the Gators? Anything to uh, to update the uh, the listeners on? Not a whole lot of news, man. Uh, the Hall of Fame guys, the boys getting inducted, man. That's big. Mm-hmm. Big time. Uh, Ahmad, tell us a little bit more about what you know. So um, I, I saw Brandon James just post something today, and I you know I was like, man, I'm, I'm super pumped for him because you know. Uh, again, Brandon James is one of the guys that I keep in contact with, um, that I played with. Uh, you know, we all know that he, he's a great guy on the field, but you know what? He, what a lot of you guys don't know is is the type of guy he is off the field. He's amazing, an amazing guy. Um, he came on the show, was very knowledgeable about what he was talking about. Um, gave us some good content, so I'm just excited and, and proud of him. Um, then later found out that Spikes and Tebow uh, is uh, getting inducted as well. So um, that's that's going to be dope, man. I got I got to make it to that game. How do they normally do the classes? Like, how how do you know, like, how, know. what's the, so, what's the so requirements? I'm a I'm a I'm a F club member, so I, I get to kind of pick. So they send out an email, and they they ask you know who you you think should be inducted. You know what what's your opinion basically, and uh, you know you can't pick yourself obviously. So uh, yeah, and I guess they, they tally up the votes. I guess. Um, and how do you um, like what do you receive? You just get inducted in. Do they give you like, like a oh, ring, a jacket, that, 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 a t-shirt? Get, I got, I got nothing. They just get, they just get down a degree. Yeah, yeah. I just got the degree. <laughs> That's it. I don't know, man. But you know, it's, it's just a cool, a cool thing to have, though, man. That, that that'd be super dope, man. If uh, yeah, find out from the boys what y'all get, what what they get, man. You talk to him. You heading there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gonna speak to yeah. existence. I think yeah. I think what, got next a politic year, next year, year I'm Yeah, we got a politic for him. I'm a politic uh, for you next uh, year, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. What's the what's the requirements there? You said it was some requirements they had. Yeah. Um, I don't remember all of them and I, I can look them up while I'm um while I'm stalling here. I do know that you have to be uh, out of um out of school for ten years or out of your playing career. Uh, for 10 okay. years. Um, let's see if I can find out what else. I know that there's certain um, like requirements to get in. I think you have to have been uh, either an All-American. Let's see. They're distinguished letter winners. Um, this doesn't make for great radio, but I, I don't think... Let me see. That's why it's a podcast, bro. We good. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if there's an exact requirement other than you just need to have been selected by by the f club uh but yeah so uh as far as i know i think it's a you have to be an all-american or all sec uh either one time or or a couple times uh we'll get back on uh on what the exact um 
what the exact number is, but uh, but shout out to uh, to Brandon Spikes, Brandon James, and Tim Tebow for that. But before we uh, we're going to talk some more Gator sports uh, here in a second. But before we do that, I uh, want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Thomas Firm. The Thomas Law Firm uh, is going to handle all uh, insurance claims and property damage to your home or business. Uh, their lawyers have over twenty years of experience handling uh, roof damage, leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, uh, sinkholes, fires. Uh, they do work all over state of Florida, so no claim is too big, too small. Uh, but give them a call if you have any uh, questions or, or damage to your home. Uh, the Thomas Law Firm free consultation. Their phone number is 813-221-2525. And, and we mentioned it last week, and we're going to do it again. Uh, with COVID-19, they are handling cases in which a business might have been financially impacted uh, by state or local orders closing their businesses or restricting their movement. Uh, so um, if you had decreased uh, income, uh, they might be able to help you get insurance to help you pay for lost or decreased income, uh, depending on what your policy is. So give them a call. Again, the Thomas Firm at 813-221-2525. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is Pat Dooley, who's been with the uh, Gainesville Sun uh, for the past uh, what, three decades or so. So uh, Pat is a guy that has been around the community, has written numerous books, has been very close with a lot of the coaching staff uh, across the board, but brings an invaluable service to uh, to the beat. Pat, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, considering. That's why you have to answer every question with considering. <laughs> well, Pat, perfect. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll get started with the big elephant in the room. Um, obviously, there's a huge concern over uh, whether sports are going to be played at all uh, throughout the rest of this calendar year. What are what are your thoughts on what, knowing what we know now about the state of, uh, of football in the fall, the state of basketball getting started? Well, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm almost 100 percent sure I'm right about one thing. The fiscal year goes, I think, from July to July. And there will be a football season in that fiscal year. Now, does that mean we're going to have one in this calendar year? Not necessarily. I, I hope there is going to be one. Do I think for a second it's going to start on time? No, I really don't. Um, it might start in November. It might start in February. Uh, I know that there's models that they're looking at. But the bottom line is they have to have a football season during this fiscal year uh, to pay for all the other sports. I mean, it's it's – the college uh, athletic department model is a very, very fragile one, and it's based on football. And it's based on football bringing in revenue, whether it's through TV or through ticket sales or concessions and everything else. So they've got to have a season. So they'll have a season. Now, if they play in February, does that mean guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields say, eh, we're good. We're going to go ahead and, get, go ahead and jump into the draft. Does that mean uh, young uh kids who are, are seniors in high school right now and maybe don't have a senior season and they go ahead and sign early or now are they going to be able to play in that February season? So there are mm -hmm. a lot of questions still, but uh, certainly I, there will, I, I feel confident there will be a football season within the fiscal year. Perfect. Yeah, that's you and I are kind of in the same boat. And I, and I think even some of the other concern after that is, is if you have a football season that runs in to May, do you then kick back and start, 
football again in, in August or, or September of the following year? Or is there a kind of a domino effect um, from there? Um, a lot of great points there, Pat. Um, what what do you ultimately think that the Gators are doing or the university is, is doing right now to prepare for all of their contingency plans? Are they preparing for potentially a shortened season? Or uh, you're obviously tied in a little bit closer to the university. So, so what are the conversations that they're having internally? Yeah, I actually uh, talked to Scott Strickland a little bit about it today, and I've talked to a lot of other people about it. And look, they have to kind of be like everybody else, and this is including everybody in the SEC. And because college football is more complicated than, than the NFL or the NBA or the NHL. I mean, you're dealing with all these different um, governments all across it because every state has, you know, college football. So, I mean, it may be a different set of rules in Washington state than it is in, in Florida. So, you know, I've even heard of scenario where the PAC 12 may start and the SEC doesn't or vice versa. So we got to deal with all that too. So I, I, it is crazy. I think, look, Florida is, is just waiting. I think everybody's waiting until we get towards the end of May to really know what, we're dealing with what we're going to, what it's going to be like then and, and then making contingency plans. I still don't see a scenario where we're going to be, we're going to see football being played with no fans. I don't, I think you know, a lot of people say, well, we don't need, if the fans aren't there. Okay. I, I just don't see that happening. I think there's too many people that don't want that yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that there's two, two main issues. And, and one of them is related to, uh, to, COVID and that's, you know, the fact that we closed down a lot of your your spring sports and, and a lot of those folks are going to be able to to be on scholarship through the next year, or at least the, the school has the opportunity to keep them on scholarship, you know, for another year, which, you know, at the University of Florida probably costs at least probably $75,000 plus per scholarship. Uh, so you have those added expenses on top of that. Uh, but even more importantly, you know, the University of you know Florida and a lot of your Florida schools, California schools, and some of these other schools are going to start to run into an issue of, um, you know, name recognition and likeness recognition to be able to then pay athletes. So I know that the universities are definitely in a position where they're really trying to figure out how they can get the uh, the most, you know, dollars for, for their bottom line and, and trying to be as creative as possible. But I agree with you that I think that, you know, at some point football will, um, will have to happen um, for every school, um, I would imagine. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, you know, I, we had uh Scott Strickland on the tailgate show a couple weeks ago. And he said, look, the bottom line is because we're not having to spend money to travel for these other sports and, and not having to spend money on recruiting right now for football and everything else. This year is basically a wash until they get into not having the football revenue. So they're not going to lose money at a place like Florida uh, if they can get the football season going. So, uh, I, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, uh, you know, at least we're not sitting in Wisconsin where they cut their, all their seniors out of, of the mix, which I thought was a, a really low blow for Wisconsin. And now I'm, you know, I buy a T-shirt for whoever knocks Kentucky out of the basketball tournament every year. So I have a Wisconsin T-shirt, and I'm, I'm going to throw it away now because of what they did. Hey, Pat, I seen a, a poll on your um, Twitter page that, uh, that pretty much asked the fans the biggest position of worry in 2020. What's your biggest worry? Yeah, we're, I'm actually going to write that. In, uh, although I had about 12 questions on there. Where I'm going to write that up for, for I think, uh, Thursday's paper. Um, but I, I 
agree with what the fans voted on. They voted on uh, middle linebacker. And I think David Reese was such a run stopper. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. they put him in position where he was covering somebody he probably shouldn't have been covering because he doesn't have the greatest speed. But if it's third and one, I'd rather have David Reese in the field than anybody. You know, I mean, you could put him right in there with the guys like Spikes and Siler and guys like that. So, yeah, I, that's the one I, I would have the biggest concern about is that middle linebacker spot because he was such a – and you look at that team last year when he was out in the beginning of the season against Kentucky and they couldn't stop the run. They brought him back for Tennessee and all of a sudden plays are being made all over the field. So, um, I'm, again, I'm talking about two years ago. But, um, you know, I, I that's a guy who I think was maybe undervalued by a lot of people, but I, I think he, that's the position I would worry about the most. Yeah, there's a bit of bit of worry there for um on my end as well. Uh, you spoke about Trevor Lawrence and those elite guys probably not playing if the season was to start in like November or February. Do you think if that was to happen, what uh, Kyle Pitts be a guy we see play, or uh, him being one of the the top guys on the tight end boards he sit out? Well, you know, I mean, if they start in November, I think guys like like Lawrence and Fields would play. But I think if they start in February, which I know Chris Fowler said today is what he he thinks is going to happen i just don't i don't see the point in playing at that point and a guy like kyle pitts could follow in that same path i mean kyle is um you know i i think he would have to almost get feedback back early you know instead of getting feedback back after your junior year you would almost need it you would almost have to have a advisory board that meets before your junior year so you find out where you would go and, and whether you needed a play or not. So I think that sure. definitely would be a factor. Yeah, and the idea of the NFL draft potentially being in the middle of the season two throws a huge wrench into things. You know, would the NFL consider moving the draft to, you know, the end of May or June when, you know, they already have contracts in place with major cities uh, to host that event? So you, you have to think about that. Or do all of a sudden you have Trevor Lawrence play five games um, and then he leaves? Or, you know, it, it's just a, a very precarious uh, set of uh, dominoes. Yeah, we're we're all going to be dealing with an, a weird uh, deal for about a year and a half. Where we, it's not going to be like anything we've ever experienced. You know, I know some coaches are saying, "Well, we need this much time to get these guys ready," and I'm like, um, "No, it's not going to be the. It's going to be sloppy, probably uh, early, especially when they come back. And it's probably I worry more about the the student athletes, the players." having to deal with, um, you know, being in the right kind of shape because, I mean, I'm not going to tell you, I mean, you go, you don't go this long, you know, for months and months without really having uh, strength coach training and then all of a sudden you step right on a football field. That That's a different kind of shape. Even if you are running and stuff, it's different uh, from what you're used to. So uh, that is one of the concerns I have is if, if we don't see football come back for a year almost, um, or, or, or eight months, you know, it, does that mean we're going to see more injuries? How, how, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ahmad. No, so, so Pat, it's, it's Ahmad. Um, so, you know, we're taking this long layoff. Um, I know we had a little bit momentum uh, towards the back end of last year. Do you still think we carry that momentum um, with us whenever the season starts? And, you know, or, or you think we die down a little bit and have to re-ramp back up? Yeah, you know, it's funny, Ahmad. I, I think there was definitely a, a ton of momentum going forward, forward for Florida. And as everybody knew that there was not going to be spring football, uh, some 
some teams did get a practice or two or three or I think four or five was the most I saw a team get in. Everybody felt like there's another advantage for Florida because everybody got the same coach, same guy who called plays, same defensive coordinator, same quarterback. You know, they, that was a huge advantage for Florida versus, say, an LSU, which is everything new, a uh, Georgia, which is starting over offensively. Um, but I think as we go, the longer the delay is, I think all that momentum kind of just stops because even though you do have an experienced quarterback and you do have a coach who's been around right. a long time and knows the thing, I, I just think it's going to be so weird and so different that we. it's hard to say it, anything carries over. I mean, the momentum right. from – I think there's going to be a point where we may start the season and everybody's going to go, by the way, who did we play in the bowl game last year? I forgot. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's going to be different. So I, I don't know how much, like I, I, I said on my, uh, my podcast, I said, tap the brakes a little bit on Florida, you know, because we don't know what we're going to see when we fo- finally start playing football game. We have no idea what teams are going to be like, whether they're going to be uh, struggling with offense, whether they're going to be struggling trying to, Stay on the same page. It's going to be a different game. Well, well, the good thing about you know about everything is you know everybody's off right now, so it's not like you know some guy, some teams are, are are working out and we're not. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I you know you said it earlier and you you tapped on it. Uh, you know it, it is kind of tough. You know being at home, not being with Coach Savage, and then coming back. Oh yeah, by the way, we have a game. You know, you know what what yeah. what you know that that's tough. You know, and, I, and that's I mean. You got to understand that you know some of these guys are are, are home, but you know who, who knows if they're training. You see what I'm saying? So you know. Yeah, well, I mean, but the game was what July second or what was it? What what day was the game? Uh, was it at the end of the? Uh, whatever it was, anyway, that Florida played their bowl game, and then by what was it Jan six they were back worked with Coach Savage. Yep. And yep. Uh, and so then all of a sudden. Starting in the middle of March, nothing. You've got nothing. You're, you're not with him. You, he can give you all the instruction you are, but he can't stand over you. And he can't drag you up there at 6 in the morning. Um, and, and that's the way it is for every strength coach. But I think Florida has an advantage in the, in the strength coaches they have. And I, I do believe that you kind of lose that advantage. I mean, hopefully the guys are doing stuff, but it's not the same being home and knowing you need to do stuff on your own as it is with uh, – a guy standing over you and, and uh, making sure he gets the most out of you. So, uh, again, I think maybe Florida loses an advantage that they had with, with Nick Savage, and we'll see if they're able to – we'll see how much hard these guys are working. I mean, there's no telling. I mean, you know, as you know, um, during uh, during this time of year or off season, once you get through spring, you know, the quarterback's dragging the receivers out to the field and throwing them the ball. Well, that's obviously not happening right now. They're all in different cities. Yeah, so talk about, uh, you know, they are in different cities, uh, but, but, you know, how, how much of a disadvantage is it for guys like this on the defense, all right, so who can't go out and, and run routes and, 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 and throw passes with the quarterback? Um, you know, talk about the disadvantages the defense may have. And talk about, um, you know, the, the safety position a little bit. Um, we had Coach English come on uh, earlier uh, um, on earlier shows. But talk about you know how you think the rotation is going to be back there with the safety position. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think they've got some good players back there, but um, you know uh, they're going to have to 
be a little bit better than they were this year. I think there were times, I mean, you know as well as I do, there were at least four plays this year where a receiver was running free in the secondary wide open. And in three of those cases, they missed him. In the fourth one, he had to make a diving catch, and that was the Auburn game. Uh, but but they, the safety play has got to get better in terms of not letting guys get behind them and, and uh, missing assignments because those definitely were missed assignments. So, yeah, I mean, I think for all the – defensive players. I mean, I, I guarantee you that the defensive line coach and the and the defensive coordinator wish they could have those ends who are, I think are young and talented, guys like Chris Bogle and Diabate. I mean, I think they they have the potential, but they can't work with them. They can't they can't try to make them better with with a spring full of football and they who knows when they're going to be able to get them out there. I mean, that's another area of concern. Uh Florida's had a great uh, run here, whether it was polite or Grenard, you know, uh, of defensive ends changing the game. And I think the potential was there for those guys to be able to do that again this year. But I mean, who knows what they're, what they're going to be like uh, when they finally get back. So it's, a, it's, it's just a whole, the whole dynamic is weird. And it's almost like, like I'm an AP voter and I don't, I, I literally, I mean, you're just going by, Hey, whatever. I'll just put anybody up there. Cause we have no idea what anybody's going to look like when they finally come back and play. Hey, Pat. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I was muted. What has been your, what what, what was your favorite uh, season to cover that wasn't a national championship season? Wow. That's a great question. Um, You know, Wow. <laughs> That's really because it feels like everyone that was not a national championship series was, was a rough one, you know, at the end. And, and <laughs> you know, um, but I, I would probably as bad as the 95 finish was when the loss to Nebraska, that team was so much fun to cover, um, especially, you know, handling FSU after they'd had so much heartbreak against them. And uh, that was a fun day in the swamp. Uh, but you know, that that's the problem is, um, when you lose at the end of the season, like for example, Oh one. Yeah. I mean that, that team that, that should have probably played for a national championship and Rex Christmas should have won the Heisman, but if they had the mob black line safety, maybe they would have been able to, but instead nobody, nah. <laughs> um, you know, against Travis Stevens, but that team was a great team to watch, but they just had those these two losses. So, uh, there have been some great ones though. Um, you know, even that, uh, even I, and that, you know what, I tell you when it would probably would be was the 07 season, because we saw that Tim Tebow phenomenon take over. And even though they were losing games and you knew they weren't going to be great that year, cause that defense was so young. Yeah, Mo. With, uh, but the game, the games we lost were just, I mean, nail biters though. We lost to Auburn in the last oh, yeah. second. Yeah, we we lost to uh, LSU on the uh, on the fourth downs. Remember, they got like six of them. We lost to yeah, out west. I think Mississippi State, right? No, we lost to uh, Ole, Ole no, Miss. We beat, no, we beat Ole Miss that year. We lost the next year. Then can't remember who else we lost to Auburn. Uh, Michigan. Yeah, they well, we lost they to lost Georgia to Ole that Miss year. Because, Georgia. Yep. Yeah, they lost to Ole Miss because they had Tebow run at twenty two times. Yeah, that was Ole Miss. <laughs> we lost to Ole Miss. Yeah. I knew, no, they won, won that game. game. They, they won that oh, game. Won we won that game? We yeah. lost, to, we lost to LSU. Yeah, we seven. lost to Auburn, yeah. LSU, Georgia, and Michigan. Michigan, yeah. So we won in 07, 
and 07, they hit us with a deep pass too to uh, to Mike Wallace that that could have could have beat us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that team though was fun to watch because they weren't great defensively because they were so young. It was a bunch of kids back there. Right. And you knew that the neck. I mean, you guys had Mike Pouncey playing nose tackle for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, it, it, you knew that they were going to come back in the next year. And I remember, in fact, Tim talking about it after the loss to Michigan. They, you know, they just couldn't stop. And uh, he said, you know, we're going to get all this resolved. And, of course, they came back with a vengeance in 2008. So, yeah, that, and not only that, but I got to go to the Heisman Trophy ceremony and watch Tim Tebow win a Heisman. And um, that, was, that was a lot of fun that year. How do you think all this affects – Affect uh, what you do as far as writing and sports. Do you think it affect the writing industry? Do you do you think we'll see layoffs? Yeah, it, it's not going to be good. Uh, we're ho- I'm hoping it's not as bad as it's st- it started out to be. A lot of people getting laid off left and right. A lot of newspapers, um, you know, not printing as, uh, every day. I think Tampa Bay Times is only printing twice a, a week now. Um, We've had some furloughs, obviously, even with, even though we're already reduced to a skeleton staff, pretty much, um, and and it's it's only going to get worse. Um, and that's this is, uh, you know, obviously we're dealing with a lot of stuff, and that's one one thing we've been trying to do is just try to give them as much stuff, especially for the web, but also in print, uh, trying to come up with ideas, and and because we're not we don't have games to cover, so we're trying to come up with all kinds of of different things and, um, and different feature stories, but yeah, it's, it's been rough for a lot, for many years now in the, in the newspaper business for really for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. It's not been great for a lot of people. Um, and it's only going to get worse. And this is, this is like the worst thing that could happen in those regards because, um, you know, we don't have any games to cover, you know, there's just nothing to cover and people live to watch games and they live to, to read what we write about them, what our opinion is of them. And that's, that's been a, a huge factor for us. And now we don't, I have no opinion on any game that's been played in the last month. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Pat, um, obviously you've, you've been around the Gators probably longer than just about anybody. Uh, what has been, and you've written a couple books about, you know, experiences, the swamp and experiences as a Gator fan. What are some of your favorite um, experiences that you got to, to witness covering the Gators? Well, look, obviously the championships are great, uh, but when you're, you're so busy working on the, on the columns are always night games. So sometimes you don't really get to appreciate them until the next day. And you're, um, you know, three of my favorite days were the three days after the championship. And we have press conferences uh, at the, ho- the team hotel, not the team hotel, but the media hotel. And you're all in a great mood. You've probably been up all night writing and putting, writing stuff for books and stuff. And, it's everybody's in a great mood. I remember Anton Lott was, he didn't like talking to the media, but boy, he showed up that morning and he hadn't been to sleep the whole, uh, the whole night after the win in that first championship. And, Ooh. you know, uh, it, yeah. So it was, it, it, those are always, always a lot of fun, but you know, I think there is a, there is a big part of what I really love uh, to walk into a stadium and, it being on fire from, from the start, not, not only from like five minutes before the game starts right through. And I tell you last year's Auburn game, I think 
from start to finish was the best I've ever heard the crowd of Florida. Mm. And I've heard yeah. it louder. I, heard, I mean, the, 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 uh, the Jarvis Moss block kick, the, mm. uh, the, the cock block. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could tell you a million things where I heard it louder for sustained time. 93, mm. right before, mm-hmm. uh, work done hit, uh, hit, I got, or caught the pass from, uh, from a Charlie Ward, uh, right before that, that was as loud as I ever heard. But for sustained loudness, uh, that was the most amazing thing. And I love here. I was in the student section for that game, Pat. And I'm telling you, man, I would never, ever in my life go in the student section again. That's how loud it was. <laughs> I couldn't hear it. It was insane, bro. I I spoke about this on the podcast as well. <laughs> like, I'm, I was, I felt death. Cause it was just the entire, like he said, sustained. Like the whole game, people were loud. It was crazy. Well, if you, uh, it, I, I, it may have been because my daughter is now a freshman, Lord, and she's in that student section. Must be. She, there is nobody more into the Gators than, than she is. So that that could have been why you you can't hear now. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, but yeah, they, they, and I love all the sports. That's the thing. I I love football the most, but like. Being uh, at some of the baseball moments, you know, when they got to, when they went to Omaha, being at the softball for walk-offs, yeah. you know, Jordan Matthews, things like that. All these things are just great. You get chill bumps just thinking about them. And, um, you know, it's, it's one reason I've gone as long as I can. And I, I'll, I will tell you this, I've been thinking about maybe retiring in November um, before all this happened. But now I'm like, man, I, I, I want to get back to work. I want to get back to covering games. I may do this for as yeah, long corona, as allow me to the do. corona yeah. retired all of us, man. Yeah, man. Want to get all us out of here? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, hey, Pat, I got a, I got a question back on back on football, and I know we're speaking hypotheticals because we don't know what the the season's going to look like. Uh, but um, this obviously a question that that's probably one of the more hotly debated topics is how do you how do you see Emory Jones fitting into the uh, to the offense next year? Well, I think he's going to be a part of it. I think he'll be a bigger part than he was uh, this past year. Uh, but at the same time, you're not going to pull your probably preseason all SEC quarterback out of the game. Uh, you know, in a game in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. I mean, unless things aren't going well for him. But uh, obviously, Kyle was so good this year that. Uh, but I do think they'll they'll play Emory more. Look, the bottom line, as we all know, is the offense that. Dan Mullen wants to run is an offense that Emory Jones will run better than Kyle Trask. However, Kyle Trask ran an offense that they adapted to better than anybody probably could have in this conference other than Joe Burrow. So um, they've got to, they'll probably do a little bit. I think in a perfect world, if we were did not have what we're dealing with and we had a spring football practice and we had a spring game and we had regular practices, I think it would have been very much like the uh, the league Tebow the situation that, that hmm. they had no six, um, you know, where they put him in and they did certain things with him, and when they needed him to do certain things, he was a big factor. Uh, hmm. And if you remember, guys, go go back and watch because I've I've been doing this. Obviously, I'm bored as hell. So I time. <laughs> uh, you go back and watch some of the earlier games, and that is kind of the way they were using uh, Emory Jones. Go back and watch the. Um, the uh, Tennessee game, you know, for example, you know, they were bringing him in and running a few plays with him and, you know, the game was still on the line. And, and, but then as they got towards the end, further along in the season and the games were so big, I think they kind of got reluctant to do that. They even brought Emory in when when Kyle got hurt in the Auburn game. But after that, he didn't really 
play a whole lot after it turned out Kyle was okay. So I think they, they you know, part of the problem. Yeah, I think once we abandoned the run game, once we kind of abandoned the run game for the season, they yeah. kind of like shelved him a little bit too. I agree with that. But don't you think if you if you played him, you the run game would have been better because that, that like was I always fate. said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when Tebow left after Tebow left, and obviously John Brantley was in a, a square peg in a round hole, what they were trying to do with him, and they would run uh, read option plays with John Brantley, and I'm like, hey, what's what's the point? You know yeah. that he's not going to keep it. He's not going to run it. He's you know. T- I mean, matter of fact, the, the gr- teams are teams are daring you to, to keep it. You know him. I, the, the, the best play that Florida would run would be that play where he would where Chibo would come out to the side, and he had three choices. He could keep it running, he could pitch it to the tailback, or he could do the shovel pass to Aaron Hernandez. And let me Please. tell you what, you couldn't defend it. It was impossible. Well, now you took one total element out of that when you, when you had John Brantley in there. It wasn't John Brantley's fault. They just didn't adjust offensively to what they probably should have. Yeah, but that was my take as well, Pat. If if Emory's in there, it, it changes the run game. It, it it draws more people into the box. You got to focus on him because um, he's a threat to run. Uh, you got an extra blocker. Um, you just plan. You're playing the numbers game. That's what Mullen plays with this whole offense is a numbers game. So, hey man, I appreciate you for coming hanging out with us, Pat. Hey, anytime, guys. It's always it's my pleasure. I know you guys appreciate do a great it, job. So, uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, we'll see you. All righty. Cool. The great, the great Pat Dooley. Cool, cool, Pat. Cool. Throwback legend. Pat been around for a long time. I've been watching Pat Wright, man. But when, yeah. when I was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's seen some things. Looking on links and, and, and trying to see what's happening in these uh, Gator Streets, man. Hey, man, you know what I miss, though? And a lot of people going to agree with me about this one. Breakfast with the Gators, bro. Oh, Saturday morning, that thing used to slap. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday, Sunday morning, morning, I'm sorry. Right. Sunday, Sunday morning, morning. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Sunday that thing morning, used to... that thing used to slap. Bro, that thing used to slap, man. Sunday. Sunday. Only Sunday. if we win. We lost, I wouldn't yeah, I ain't trying to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, my TV not going on. I don't want no breakfast. They just ruined my dinner yesterday. I don't want breakfast with you this morning, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have breakfast by myself. I don't even piss into my Cheerios this morning. <laughs> right, right. And we about to get a Gator legend on, so I gotta do Marie with the, the great folks at Brunnen Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, I'll let my man Greg 954-589-2204. Big coverages. He covering mobile homes, actual homes, cars, bikes, boats, life. Again, 954-589-2204. Big coverage. Hey, Silk, before we bring this guest on, do we want to talk about that uh, that special thing we're doing with Greg? Yeah, let's, let's mention it briefly real quick. Why not? Um, go ahead. Shoot the idea. We, yeah, we're still yeah, working, so we're still, we're still working on literally every detail um, but this announcement. So uh, <laughs> Greg has generously offered uh, to give uh, five listeners uh, $100. Um, so we're going to work on what that looks like. We're going to have a special episode uh, this 
this week, either dropping, probably dropping on Friday morning for you. Um, we're going to have Greg on. We're going to host the show with him, uh, chop it up for a bit. But uh, within that is going to be five winners for a hundred bucks. We'll announce how you can win in that episode. So again, that's going to be Friday morning. We're not going to post that anywhere on Twitter or anything else. We're just going to let you know. So if you listen to the podcast, know on Friday uh, with Greg, that's when we're going to tell you how you can win a uh, hundred bucks from, uh, from Greg Brunt over at Brunt for, uh, Insurance and Financial Services. Already. <laughs> you want to bring on another legend? Yeah, let's hang out with some legends. That's what we do around here. Who we got coming on, Ahmad? Um, I think Ahmad left, but I'll, I'll – uh, there he is. Very good. Ahmad, who, 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 who we got on? My bad. We uh, ran out there. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, this quarantine life, sometimes we're going to have some, uh, some mistakes around here, you know? Let's bring Ran on. Let's hang out. Some Super Bowl shenanigans. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is one of the guys that I grew up idolizing, uh, watching the Gators play in the early 2000s. Uh, it's running back Rand Carthon. Rand played uh, for the uh, for the Gators for uh, for what three three seasons. Um, ended up uh, making it to the NFL. Um, lived out his dream there for a few years. Ended up coming back to UF. And Rand, I don't know if you remember we uh, we met when you were back at UF uh, back there in 08, and then for the last uh, you know decade plus or so uh, has been working in the NFL and he's currently the uh, the director of uh, pro personnel uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Rand, how are you today? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. Hang so, Rand, Rand, we ask everybody this question. Um, you grew up in, you're born in Arkansas, grew up in Key West, but ultimately how did you decide uh, to play for the Florida Gators? So, crazy story. Uh you know, I was recruited by most of the Florida schools. Uh, the girl I was dating at the time, uh, parents were really big uh, Gator fans. So her dad would always, like, uh, get me, like, those team – remember those team uh, of VHS uh, hikes that they used to make back in the day? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, funny thing was he, he gave me one for the, uh, for the 1997 season. And so I used to watch that thing like every night, you know, and that was that Florida State game where Fred went off him and uh, him and Quez. And Quez, yeah. Yeah, so I, I would watch that thing like every week. And then, you know, um, started paying attention, you know, to Florida more. And so, you know, my story goes, I was pretty much going to go to the University of Miami. It was close, uh, close to Key West. All my family and friends could see me play there. And my god brother was actually uh, one of the D tackles on that team. Uh, ended up getting hurt very first game of my senior year. And I remember getting a call from uh, Coach Broadway, who recruited me. He was our D-line coach at the time. And he told me, he was like, hey, man, a lot of schools are going to stop recruiting you. And he was like, but we're going to recruit you harder. And uh, I could just remember just, just how that felt. And then the prestige of University of Florida, then, you know, I had to think of it from a big picture standpoint of, you know, just Gator Nation as a whole. And so that's how, I mean, I ultimately ended up coming back to play the last three games of my senior year, but I committed to Florida early and didn't take any other visits or anything after that. Just fell in love with the school and 
Terry Jackson actually became one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, remember, I can remember going to uh, to the Gators and Syracuse Orange Bowl game. And I was like, yeah, this pretty much cements it, you know, for me. And that's how I became a Gator. I love it. So, so Rand, looking back on your uh, your three years, you were there uh, with Steve Spurrier for your first uh, was it your your first year, and then Ron Zook for your next two years. Uh, what was that no, transition? Go ahead. No, so I was going to say um, I was there actually because I redshirted in '99, so I was there five. Uh, Spurrier had Spurrier my first mm, uh, okay. two, and then had Zook. Uh, no, excuse me, was it Spurrier my first three, and then Zook my last two. Uh, but to answer your question, that transition, it was weird because Coach Spurrier, he's a lifer, right? So nobody right. ever thought that he would ever leave, you know, UF. And uh, we had just beat Maryland uh, in the Orange Bowl. And I can remember uh, coming back home and uh, I was my mom was living in Jacksonville at the time. And I was in my room and just just knocked out sleep. And I remember my mom coming in the room and she's like, hey, turn it on whatever the channel was. She's like, Coach Spurrier's leaving. And I just remember rolling over like, yo, if you want me to get up, just say get up. You know what I mean? Like, and she's like, no. So she's turning on the TV. And I was just like, whoa. Like when, when I saw the news. So I immediately like got up, called a bunch of the guys. And then uh, I actually left Jacksonville probably within the hour and went back to Gainesville because I didn't know, you know, what the heck was going to go on. And then, uh, you know, I was following it like everybody else. And, you know, the Internet wasn't popping like it is now so yeah. you had to wait for news to spread and i can remember when we hired ron zook you know my i was just like who the hell is this dude and where did he come from? <laughs> and you know i'm i remember we met him and you could just feel his energy you know how energetic he was and the first thing he said to us in the team meeting i'll never forget this he was like hey guys he was like the two key recruits that we got to win that to get back is Rex Grossman and Dwayne Dixon, you know, um, and Dwayne Dixon was our, our receivers coach at the time. Yep. So I was like, okay, so this dude knows a little something, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of, you know, the experience of going through that coaching transition. Was there ever like an expectation that Spurrier might leave or, and then I guess when he did leave, was there ever any animosity that he, that he did leave? But I, I just, I, I, I've, we've, we've talked to a number of players, um, you know, that were there during that transition, but you know, what were your thoughts, you know, on Spurrier leaving? Like I said, it was a total shock to me, you know, cause Spurrier is synonymous with Florida, you know, um, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade. He created, you know, everything that Florida is now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he is, you know, he's the underlying component to why everybody wants to be a Gator. He made the Gators a national program. He had us, he's the reason why we were on, you know, CBS every other week in primetime spot. So when he left, it was, it was, like I said, it was a shock. Uh, me personally, I didn't have any animosity uh, towards it. You know, growing up, this, you know, the son of a coach, I get it. I understand how to you know, how the landscape is and, you know, just business. But um, I didn't feel, you know, any type of way personally. Um, I just saw the new coach coming in, clean slate. I get a, you know, opportunity to prove myself and earn some playing time. Hey, Rand, this, this is Ahmad. So, um, you know, you say you grew up in Key West, went to Key West High School. Uh, my mom is from Key West. Um, I hope, you know, a lot of my family's down there in Key West. 
Um, so, you know, we know some of the same people and whatnot. And I know a lot of people down there are diehard Hurricane fans. How hard was it to come to the University of Florida and not go to Miami? Like I said, I was 100% going, you know, to, to UM. And, uh, you know, it was just one of them things, man. Like, you know, I, I, people will tell you, you no, know, although I wasn't born in Key West, like Key West is very much my home. Um, I rock my Key West gear. I got Key West hats, you know, my hoodies, everything. I, I rep Key West proudly. So going to University of Miami was more so about having, being close to home and having people from the island being able to come see me play. And, uh, you know, when I ultimately chose UF, you know, it, the support didn't stop. You know, people would always, you know, if we were playing at UM, I think we played UM three times when I was in school. It was always, hey, man. You know, I, I hope you ball, but, you know, I hope my Canes win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, for sure, um, for sure. You know, but, you know, again, it's it's a it's a very big Gator fan base there, too. You know, right, so right. it was still a lot of still a lot of support. Um, but it it was definitely hard, though, you know, because um, proximity and everything. But, I, I you know, yep. I ended up getting just as much Key West support at Florida as I probably would have at the U. So talk about, um, I know we, we mentioned on it um, a little couple seconds ago, I kind of threw in the Key West question and whatnot, uh, but talk about the, the differences in playing for uh, Spurrier and then Zook. Like, what were the biggest differences that you had to overcome or biggest obstacles that you had to overcome uh, when, when switching to the to the new head coach? It was probably, you know, is it was it offense, the playbook, um, different style of, of plays or, or what? Yeah, I think it was uh, for from an offensive standpoint, um, I think it was really um, learning a new offense, um, you know, and you were probably, what was it, my third year, I started to play a little bit, you know, kind of like a little specialty role. Um, you know, offense is offense. The, the basic concepts are still the same. Um, but, you know, people, I don't know, I don't know if people really, you know, recognize what Zook did, but when Zook got hired, he hired Ed Zombrecker, I think, had the title of offensive coordinator, but he also hired Larry Fedora. And if you look at both of them, uh, Zombrecker had came from Marshall. I think they were top five in the uh, in the NCAA that year in passing. But then Fedora was coming from Middle Tennessee, and they were top five in rushing. So it was combining two different systems and, and marrying those. So Zombrecker's passing game – um, and Fedora's run game, right? So it was still, you know, even those guys were kind of marrying the systems, making sure the, you know, the play action stuff marries up and our run game action marries up with the passing game. So, you know, we were all going through, you know, a bit of a, a transition. Um, but again, you know, Zook was one of those guys, you know, Spurrier's an offensive guy, you know, through and through. Um, it kind of is always let our defensive coaches, you know, uh, handle their end of the field. Zook was uh, really heavily involved in special teams, but being a former defensive guy, he spent equal time on both sides of the field. Um, so that was a little bit different, but it, it, it really wasn't that much of a change. And I, that's, you know, when, when people, you know, talk about some of the greatest coaches and when they talk about Saban and when they talk about Urban, um, you know, that's one thing Urban was so great at. He, he, you know, touched on offense, defense, and special teams. And, and we spoke on it before. The special team was, was the most important uh, phase of the game to, to Urban Meyer. So, um, you know, that, you know I, I could see, you know, Zook kind of favoring that because, you know, ultimately sometimes that, that wins you games. 
what what was your biggest rivalry uh, in, in Florida? Who did you like playing against the most? Ooh, um, who did I like playing against the most? Uh, Georgia, Georgia all day long. Um, okay, you know. For one, uh, I always uh, one of my really good friends. Uh, he played at Georgia, uh, George Foster. We actually worked together at the Rams, and I always tell him, "Hey, I, hey, I never lost to Georgia." So he can say whatever he want to say, or you know what have you. But I never lost to Georgia. But the cool thing about playing uh, against Georgia was that uh, a lot of us had met or went through the recruiting process together. Um, I can remember uh, one of my first times ever getting in a game at uh, against Georgia, and this is going on in the middle of the game. They had a linebacker, Tony Gilbert, who's one of my fraternity brothers, and I remember being in the backfield, and he just looked across. Oh, my dog is in the game, <laughs> you know. And this is in the middle of the game, so we having a conversation in the middle of the game, or you get hit, you get tackled. I remember um, I dropped the ball. I think this was my senior year. And uh, Bruce Thornton, uh, whose cousin Skylar Thornton was one of our backup running backs. He dropped solid. the ball. He came, he came up, you know, behind me after I dropped the ball. I was on third down. And he was like, hey, man, you can't be dropping those now. You know, you got to get to it. Come on, man. You can't be dropping those. You know what I mean? But it was like a rivalry that we was all, like, we all knew each other. And so that game, it, you know, it was hard hitting. You know, all of our games with them were close. But it was it was just fun, man. It was just complete fun. Hey, Rand, you currently are the director of pro personnel for the 49ers. What's that like, and what was the Super Bowl like? Man, so I tell anybody at the end of the day, man, I get paid to watch football now. So it didn't matter what I would be doing for a living, you know, I probably would still come home and turn on ESPN, NFL Network, whatever the case may be, and watch football. But now I get paid to actually watch football, you know, all day. Um so it's it's been cool, man, especially being around the NFL game. Uh, grew up in it, you know, and, uh, you know, again, I get paid to watch football all day. The Super Bowl in itself, I'll be real, real honest with you. Like, I didn't get a chance to enjoy the week. Um, I wanted to make the week as normal as possible uh, for myself from a work standpoint. Um, but then you have so much going on that, you know, the fans don't get to see. Um the fans get to see the, you know, the parties and the media night and all those things. But, you know, behind the scenes, man, you got a lot going on because you got you to still get work done. You know, uh, speaking for myself, you still got to get work done. And then you got to figure out – and the team did – our team did a hell of a job of coordinating it all. But, you know, you got to worry about your family members getting in, making sure, you know, the right amount of people have tickets – um, you know, and making sure that, you know, when your family comes to town, there's stuff for them to do. So it's a lot going on this uh, during that week. Uh, my wife and I, we were joking uh, after the game, you know, um, I was like, you know, next time we make it to the Super Bowl, I said, nobody's coming but you. And I was like, because, I mean, it's, it turns into a headache, you know what I mean, trying to coordinate for the kids and, you know, sitters and, um, and just, it, it was just a lot, but just the overall experience, man. Like I took a lot of video in pregame, like it's a total different energy than a regular season game. Um, I remember uh, when the, I was with the Rams when we moved to LA and, uh, the first time I ever saw Kobe play was his last game. And so being in that building was electric 
and and the Super Bowl was probably that times ten, you know, and then just it's star studded. You see all the great, you know, Hall of Famers. You see all the, you know, top entertainers that we all see and follow on social media. And then you, you know, you look out and you see your team, your logo, and it's just like, wow, like I'm here. This is the pinnacle. This is why we all play the game. So it was, it was you know, stressful, cool experience. But you know, hopefully, I'll be blessed with the opportunity to do it again, and I know how to handle the week better this time. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the Jerick McKinnon situation, you guys' relationship, the running back for the Forty ers Oh, so uh, Jets' older brother. Uh, played and started uh, as a true freshman at UF. Uh, Lester Norwood um, was out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, part of class in 1998. Um, so, you know, that's where the relationship comes from. Uh, last year, Mom, we uh, lived in the same apartment complex. And so, uh, you know, Jet would be around just like all the other little brothers and, you know, family members would be around. So, um, you know, just through it, you know, through it all that way was – knew Lester had a little brother and, um, you know, I usually like I was telling the the other day, like, you know, even though we've never met, like I've always followed him cause I know his ties to Key West, you know what I mean? So, you know, you just follow people. And then the funny part was you kind of lost, you know, lost, uh, touch with jet just in terms of where, where, where he's at and what he's doing. And then I can remember I was working with, uh, I want to say I was with the Rams maybe, uh, when he, when he was coming into the draft, and I was like, Jerick McKinnon, I know that name. And then kind of just left it alone. And then when I saw his, you know, saw him uh, work out and saw his face, I was like, oh, that's Elwood's little brother. You know what I mean? And then, you know, he gets drafted in the third round by Minnesota, goes there, plays well. And then, you know, we're sitting in our free agency meetings and we're going through, you know, all the different players that we could potentially target. And then he was someone that our coaches really liked. And I was like, wow, man, like this thing. And I never said anything to anybody, you know. And uh, But it was like, wow, man, this thing's coming full circle. Like, I remember seeing this dude as an 8, 9, 10-year-old, you know, running around Hawaiian Village, you know, causing trouble. And man, now what they, here what, he what is. They, look, hold on. What you know about Hawaiian Village, man? Slow down. Come on, man. Hey, man. No, hey, hey, man. Hey, no, I even know black people lived in Key West, so all this is <laughs> <surprising>. <laughs> the only thing I know about Key West is Dante's. <laughs> you know, hey, you know and the, what is it, the Ruby Slipper? I don't know that one. Dan, the only time you probably go to Key West around Fantasy Fest, huh? Easy, easy. Don't do it like that. You know what's funny, man? Silk, you know what's funny, man, is like when I'm, you know, because I'm all the way out here on the West Coast, and um, usually I start off by telling people, hey, man, I'm from South Florida. And they're like, oh, what part? And I'm like, Key West. I'm like, you ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. And then the, everybody gives me, they have like this little strange look. So I always, <laughs> yeah. I, I know what it is, right? So next thing I say, <laughs> I was like, yeah, people actually live in Key West. And then, yeah, black people actually live in Key West. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, so, it's and so, then people are so like, funny. oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, nah, listen, I, I don't, I'm not offended by it. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cool. That's cool. That's yeah, a, black people ask me that question too, bro. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah, damn, So, but you know what you probably said? Nobody, no, no, nobody <laughs> even realizes it. Dan, you ask people that question too, Dan? 
No, Amada said I've never been asked that question. <laughs> but when you but when you in Key West, when everybody's in Key West and they're partying on Duval Street, if you go one block over, you are in what's called Bahama Village. And that's where predominantly all the black people in Key West live. So you literally one block away yeah. and don't even know it. Literally. You know what I mean? So that's the funny part about it. And one thing that I that was crazy to me always you know, so I, you know, I was, and I wasn't born in Key West, but again, my mom's from there. Um, my dad was in the Navy, so my dad was stationed in Key West. So that's how him and my mom met. Um, so I've been going there since I was, you know, born. But one thing I could not understand is why so many damn chickens on the island, uh, on the island, bro. Like it's like roosters and chickens. Like it's just, uh, and bro, they, I'm talking about they praise them, bro. Like when the hurricanes come. It'd be people like little groups that go get all the all the chickens and 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 put them in like cages and get them off the island so the hurricane can't hit them. But but here's the thing: I always tell people, man, being from Key West is like it's like being from the Bahamas. It's the same I was way. About you to say that. Sounds like the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah my family's from the Bahamas. That's the only thing that I can. Chicken sounds like Bahamas. Yep, that's the only thing I can correlate it with right now because it's like you you be going you know going down and you see Miami and then you start. Going a little bit more south, and then you see chickens. You be like, "What?" <laughs> like, like I remember, I remember bringing some of my family members from Arkansas. They came down, um, and we were just hanging out, and we were down, we were down in, in uh, Bahama Village, and we were just hanging out, just you know, just chilling. And I remember like some chickens running around, and one of my cousins, like he had the strangest look, and I was like, "This is the this is the the funny part. You from Arkansas, people." you know, make Arkansas synonymous with farmland. So you're supposed to be used to the chickens running around, and now he's scared as hell looking at me like, why the hell are there chickens running around? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, that's that's island life, man. It's, it's cool, and it's, you know, I tell people all the time, man, like, you know, being from Key West, like, is very much entrenched in me. You know, a lot of my personality is Key West. I'm laid back, I'm chill, until I'm not. You know what I mean? But, I but that's just... That's just the part out of demeanor, man. So what 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 coast you like better, the east or the west? Oh, I'm 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 stay loyal to the soil now. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm, I'm okay. from down south, so okay. um, you know my my wife is from Miami. We met at UF, um, so you know. We yeah, we South Florida. Florida. Me, me and Dan, South Florida boys too, man. We we know the vibes. Yeah, so we you know, and 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 much love to the west coast. You know, I've been out here since uh, 2016. You know, I was in LA for a year. Been up here for uh, for three years now. You know, met a lot of great people. Uh, a lot of people embraced me. Um, you know, being out here, everywhere I've been, you know, people have embraced me. You know, I got a you know really good core group of people in Atlanta. Uh, you know, probably when it's all said and done, my wife and I make Atlanta the home base. But you know, I'm still from the crib, and I'm always rep the crib and prefer to be at the crib. So, already. How well, how did this affect your job? This whole quarantine thing and the corona. Um, how does it affect you guys with the draft and, and and what you guys got going on scouting wise? So I mean, it's it's. Um, I mean, with technology now, a lot of people already watch film on their own on their iPads or their laptops or what have you. So uh, from that standpoint, it doesn't slow anything down. Um, you know, only part only difference is is that, you know, we're not having the meetings face-to-face, which we can still get through meetings. But the toughest part in it all is not being able to get the players here. 
right? Because the combine brings in, you know, 350-some-odd guys. But, you know, that group of guys that are not going to the combine, we can't bring them in to our facility, can't get them on the board, can't do private workouts with them, can't have our doctors, you know, see them and test them out. So there's a bunch of guys out there with unknown, you know, stuff that we that we're not aware of. You know what I mean? So that kind of makes the process, you know, a little harder, um, you know, this year. So this year's draft is going to be, you know, very interesting from a from an analytical standpoint um, and not yeah. just our team, but just the league as a whole to see how many of those combine guys actually get drafted. Because usually there's, you know, a few guys that went to the – well, I guess the draft is only, what, 255 some odd slots. So they're still going to leave 100 uh, – you know, combine guys that didn't get drafted. And then some of those un- uh, non-combine guys slip in there. I want to see how many of those guys slip in this year compared to previous years, just because you hadn't had a chance to, you know, get your hands on them and actually see them. Yeah. Part of me uh, thinks that this might be, hold on one second, Corey. Part of me thinks that this might be a year that we see a higher percentage of undrafted free agents make rosters compared to previous years because there's a uh, there's a number of people that aren't going to be able to to do those pro days or those guys are going to you know kind of slip under the radar get on a roster and or get to a to a tryout or get to a camp and 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 surprise. Yeah, I mean that's a good point, you know. And the other thing too, man, is uh, you know for our college scouts who spend you know countless hours you know, traveling, you know, countless days and months away from their families. Like, I think this is going to allow, you know, those top, t- uh, top tier college scouting departments to shine, you know, those scouts that really, really know these players, um, that have like good contacts that'll be able to get them information. I think the teams with, um, you know, with those strong departments are going to shine a little bit more. Um, you're going to see them probably draft better and sign better free agents, you know, after the draft. So that's, you know, that, you know, that's a real good point, Dan, you know, something to watch, you know, um, after this uh, draft season concludes. Were you scouting any of our guys? Well, so, so, I mean, we look at everybody, right? So we have a area scout and it's the Southeast scout. Um, they go in and actually, you know, see everybody, um, regardless, um, in previous places I've been, I won't say which ones, but I always, uh, you know, we have our guy go in and then I'll end up coming in to go visit the school myself, like, you know, um, towards the end of the process, just to take advantage of my relationships, you know, in the building and kind of, you know, find out, you know, what's the real deal, you know, with certain guys and just so we'll know and, uh, and be aware. Um, you know, I know right now uh, we got T's on our team. We got Marcel and I'm always, you know, hype when we got Gators in the building. You know, um, and so, you know, hopefully we'll be sitting in a spot to, you know, take some, take one of the guys off uh, last year's team that can shoot, help get us over the hit. Uh, where's the test we at in Tampa this year? Like, how, how yeah. dope would that be? Yes, to, sir. Uh, you know, back to back Super Bowls at the crib. That's right. You can come stay in my house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell me that. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, I know I, I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the boys come to Tampa. I'm, I'm sorry. And he's that clout play, bro. You come to his house and you stand at night, man. He's going to be like all over town just, just getting Absolutely. his clout on. We're going to be in, Instagram live 168 hours. <laughs> hey, hey, man, man. Tell y'all, I'm, go ahead. Go ahead, Amon. 
No, I'm just man. Shoot, I'm I'm you know I'm from the area. I'm from uh, Lakeland, so you know you out there with Lynch, man. I grew up watching Lynch, so you know he he, he know a little bit about Tampa. Y'all boys make oh, it. You know he yeah he he know he knows Tampa, man. <laughs> that's, that's, and that's one of the cool things, man. Just you know seeing John Lynch like on a day to day. And just seeing how cool he is. That's cool, and, man. You know, I got a picture with him when I was a kid. And it's it's like, man, just it's you know, so much so much history in our building right now. You know, in terms of the 49ers, man, we have uh forty nine er legend Keena Turner. He was the team captain on four of those five Super Bowl teams. Uh he's been working with the organization for thirty some odd years. Um and the funny thing about Kena, because uh, my dad is uh, originally from Chicago, Kena and my dad went to high school together. You know what I mean? Like Kena was a senior, and my dad was a freshman. They played football together, and then now I work with Kena. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, you know Jerry Rice comes around the building, Steve Young comes around the building, and you know our head coach is Kyle Shanahan, and everybody knows you know Kyle's you know offensive mindset. But then, you know, Coach Mike Shanahan, his dad, is in the building. He comes around and you see him. So, man, there's so many, like, just, you know, from a pure fan of football, it's just, like, so much history that's in and through that building, man, that it makes it, it, makes it fun showing up, you know, every day. You know, our, the guy who uh, – our CEO and owner, uh, Jay York, you know, his, um, he's a DeBartolo. His mom is a DeBartolo. Eddie DeBartolo, who's in the Hall of Fame, Three. You know, so, I mean, it's just so much history and to be able to, you know, and Jed is in my age group. I think I'm actually older than Jed, you know, to be able to sit there and ask him questions like, yo, man, like, how was it, you know, when Bill Walsh was running the team? And, you know, he has a knowledge of all these things. And we have a certain hallway uh, upstairs where <clears throat> we have all the jerseys hanging up on our retired players. So you reminded of the history of that organization. And then, you know, like I said, you know, to see John Lynch step in and that's always been, you know, John's mantras, you know, getting us back to the, the 49 away, you know, so it, it makes it easy to come to work every day, man. John gets it. He understands the locker room. You know what I mean? He understands us. We understand him and you get to come to work and be yourself. You don't have to pretend and, you know, anything like that. Like there's no shirt and tie or, you know, uh, people will tell you about me. I'm again. I'm from Key West. I'm laid back. I'm chill. I'm all about comfort. You know. I pretty much. I have sweatpants and hoodie on every day. You know. And it's again. You watching football, man. Like, what's more fun than that? What's next, man? What, what you, you want to go on the field? Or you like being um, behind the scenes, admin? What, what's your next move? Well, I mean, the I say the next goal. Well, the goal. It's to goal. become GM. I like that word. Oh, okay. You know, uh, the next next goal is to, uh, is to become GM. Uh, like I said, I'm going into my 13th season uh, overall. And uh, and while I'm on here, I want to give, if I can, a shout out to Urban. Um, because when I came back, when I came back in 08, and uh, you know, I was just around the program, and uh, I remember Charlie Strong, who's a childhood friend, my parents. Uh, you know, my mom grew up with Charlie Strong. Um, he was like, yo, you need to meet Urban. I've told him about you. So when I met Urban, he encouraged me to come around. And I thought it was just coach speak. Like, oh, man, this dude's, you know, he probably tell everybody that. 
And I can remember leaving, leaving spring practice, and he stopped me again. He was like, no, man, like, like you can come. You can come sit in coaches' meetings. You can come, you know, be in recruiting meetings. Like, whatever you want to do, you know, you're more than welcome. And I remember being in recruiting meetings with T-Jack and Mark Pantone and watching tape, watching film, and just being around the building allowed me to reintroduce myself to NFL scouts as they was coming through. So that actually helped me get the job and, you know, first get my job in Atlanta. And so I always, you know, want to show urban respect and admiration for that because he didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to let me come in and be around the building the way I was and give me the access that he did. So, um, so yeah, as I climb, I always like to, uh, you know, make sure I give urban a shout out for allowing me to be on the path that I've always wanted to be on. That's dope, man. You, you descriptive and detailed as hell, man. I love it. Definitely, definitely. Man, we appreciate you, man. Uh, you know, coming out, hanging out with us, man. And uh, before you, know, you get out of here, I thought y'all had more, but if, if y'all done, before you get out of here, man, uh, favorite Gator moment. Oh, there you go. I, I, I thought you cut out. My bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, what's funny is uh, I was when I was outside throwing the ball to my daughter. I was like, I know this question is gonna come up. <laughs> I was like, what's my favorite? What's my favorite Gator moment? Um. The one that pops up in my mind has nothing to do with me, and I wasn't even on the field at this time, but this was uh, my freshman year. I was red-shirted, and uh, I actually tweeted about this the other day. Uh, um, we were getting ready to play Tennessee, and uh, the media had asked T. Martin about his, uh, you know, hey, it's the first time he has a starter in Gainesville, and he made some comment about it can't be that much different than uh, playing in Lexington. And I remember Coach Spurrier taking an ad out saying, hey, let's show this dude what the Swamp is all about. And, man, when I tell you that place was crazy, like I remember me and my uh, my roommate standing next to each other, you know, and could not hear each other talk. And Alex Brown went out and had five sacks that day. You know what I mean? And I was that was my, like, that's the one memory that always stands out to me about the swamp and about being a Gator because that made Alex Brown a household uh, name. You know, and he went on that year. I think he had 13 sacks and was first team all American, first team all SEC and all of that. But that was like my favorite. That was probably my favorite Gator moment. Hey, one more. I got I got to put you on the hot seat a little bit, man. Let me get your uh, top four Gator running backs. Top four Gator running backs. Fred T is the GOAT. Oh, talk that gangster. Oh, man. Talk that gangster. gangster. Yeah, yeah. Talk it. Yeah, let's go. I like this guy. That that goes up. That goes up top. Um, And that's no disrespect to Emmett because he's going to be there, too, at uh, at number two because, I mean, that's Emmett. Um, But I'm partial. And like I said, when I came up, I'm watching Fred T run. And – Quick story, and I finished answering. I remember because I was a bigger back and I was straight line fast. People was like, "Oh, you gonna be the next Fred T?" And like I said, I've always been self aware. I'm like, "Nah, I can't. I can't shake like that. I don't have those type <laughs> of feet." This is what I would say to myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But nah, Fred. I would go Fred, uh, Emmett. Um, let me think, because I, I can't say I can't say Neil. Because I didn't see Neil play, I only know mm-hmm. Neil as a Chicago Bear, so that'll be me lying, and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, 
let me see. I'm trying to think back to Ahmad's years. Uh, I would say Fred. I would say Emmett. Um, I was going to throw Red in there, bro. Yeah, E Red. E Red. And that's how I, that's how I actually. Yeah, Grant. And I was going to say, yeah, EG would be in there, number four for me. Um, cool. E Red is actually how I got the number 33. When I first got there, I think I had number 34, 35. And Spurrier came. I was like, no, no, no. Don't put you in the Hey, that's funny, man. Everybody got them a Spurrier story, man. I yeah, know I got. So, I got. so Fred T, Emmett, Eret, and and my and my big brother <laughs> Ernest. Very good. And then and then I could keep going and put put my man C four in there. Okay. And I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you a back that was supremely talented, may not always show it, but um, Deshaun Wynn. Yeah, yes. telling you from yeah. a from a talent stand. I remember. I remember. Yeah, forgotten him. about a lot, man. He, got I remember watching lot. him run as a freshman and coming off the field like, yeah, that kid better than me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he, he's he, highly he talented. Had he, yeah. yeah, he had a chance to be special, man. He really did. Hey, uh, before we before we get you off, uh, Rand, what uh, do you have any uh, good Spurrier stories? I mean, I know that you just had a good uh, good impression of him there, but uh, any other good Spurrier stories from your time there? My my greatest Spurrier story, you know how I uh, go to the movies the night before the game. It's Friday, and I uh, can't remember what movie we went to see. And so uh, I don't know. Do you guys know who Doc Lucky is? Yeah, Can't we actually heard that name. Yeah, I know. yeah, I do. No, I, no. So, it's so funny you so, asked that because he came up in conversation literally today. So Doc Lucky was Spurrier's uh, security guy. Doc Lucky was GPD, former Gator player, big, big muscled up dude, looked like Suge Knight almost. So um, we're at the movies and a local fan – you know, was in the movie, come walks in the movie theater, and he sees Coach Spurrier, and he's like, oh, snap. And snap ain't the word he said. I don't know if I could cuss on the show. But he was like, man, that's Steve Spurrier. And he went to go dap Coach Spurrier up. And if you know Coach Spurrier, like, he don't really, like, touch hands like that. No, not at all. And he, he, he stuck his fist out. He was like, no, 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 Tiger Woods does this. And gave the dude a fist <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Bro. It was Spurrier before his time with the hands thing, man. Man, it was the funniest thing ever, man. Like we still, like a few of us, you know, we get together, we talk about, like we still die laughing about that to this day. That's hilarious, man. A great interview, man. Thank you for uh, for coming to hang out with us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, man, man. Anytime, man. Best of luck to y'all, boys, man. Y'all keep doing y'all thing. I, you know, I see the numbers the show's doing. You know, y'all need to go ahead and blow this thing up, man, and get get so super big time with it. That's what we're trying, we're trying to do. Man. We're trying to, man. We just hey, retweet us, uh, spread the word yourself, man. Let everybody know to listen to us, and let everybody know where to follow you at on social media. Um, so I'm uh I'm at at Rand Carthon on Twitter. It's the only thing I got. Uh, I need to do a better job at tweeting. Um, but I, I don't have anything to tweet about right now. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, probably during football season, I'll um, probably do some live tweets about, you know, a Florida game, you know, what have you. But, uh, yeah, just follow me at Rand Carthon. 
looking forward to uh, to having you in Tampa and get my uh, guest room ready for you. Oh yeah, man. Hey, no <laughs> doubt. And you know, tell tell the wife I'm I'm, I'm easy breezy. I'm you know um I won't make any noise. But <laughs> hey, I'm, anybody tell you I'm I'm not frugal. Um, you know, um, same. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm I just I just like uh, deals. <laughs> anything for the low, low for the low low price of three ninety nine. I'm I got I got you. Uh, this y'all. one's on the house. <laughs> All good, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. Ah, oh, man. Thanks for coming on. I we appreciate, appreciate you, brother. All right, no problem. Y'all have a good one. That was a real good interview. Descriptive as hell. Definitely, definitely came on and got us some content, man. And that's the content we we want to we want to actually just stop. For the for the listeners, um, especially right now, man, when it's when it's really no sports, we got to kind of give you a, um, a a different a different angle, a different view of sports right now, since you can't really watch it. So, yeah, dope interview. Uh, he he's a uh, he's a great storyteller. Um, he was uh, one of my favorite interviews that we've ever had. So, thanks for setting that one up, Ahmad. For sure. We all, we always say that's the best one, but that, that was one of the best ones. That yeah, yeah, no, that was definitely yeah, top ten. I, I mean, I'm sure it's probably top five, maybe, yeah. uh, in there. But then I just feel like, man, which one am I going to take out? You know. Yeah, we got some good ones, man. But he was descriptive. I like the way he uh broke yeah. everything down. Um, that 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 Urban Meyer story, I would never connected it to, and Urban Meyer kind of getting him into the coaching business, or you know, what I'm saying, giving him an opportunity. That that was a dope story. Um, to see the other side of uh, Urban. Uh, this is my favorite time of the show, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, we've been getting busy, busy, busy with this fantasy all time Gator draft. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do, uh, we talked about it before the show. So we're going to do four linebackers, three safeties, and four cornerbacks. Um, we're going to do the same order we always have. So Ahmad, then Silk, then me, and then we'll, we'll snake it up. So we've got, uh, we've got 11 picks. So, Let's uh let's get to moving. So so we're doing all all at one time? No no particular all at, all at one time, Ahmad, the same way we've always done it. All right, cool. Let's go. Let's get it. All right. So with the first pick of this part so part of the draft. Please pick yourself. Please pick yourself. <laughs> well, well, it's probably nobody <laughs> you're gonna pick that got more picks than me, but we're gonna just leave that there. Um first pick. <laughs> Of this part of the draft, we are gonna go with it. Woo. People gonna call me crazy, but I'm about to do it. Brandon spikes me. Brandon spikes. Yeah, I think that's a little crazy. Brandon spikes me. Uh, this is gonna be quick. Go ahead and Reggie Nelson me. I will, I'm gonna need Reggie at the free safety. Yeah, right. have it. That was interesting. Sorry, I've I've got to write all this down. Reggie Nelson, Reggie Nelson. I I, I went there for a different for a plethora, plethora of reasons, actually. A, a plethora of reasons. All right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I mean a lot, man. I mean a lot. I'm learning from you. That word gave my hell, bro. Yeah, you can use uh, multitudinous if you want, Ahmad. Um, uh, I'm going to go with um, who, in my opinion, is the best linebacker uh, ever at the University of Florida. I'm going to go with Wilbur Marshall. Yeah. Okay, Dan. Well, uh, woo. it's back on so, that again. Yeah, it's back on me, um, which means that I'm then going to turn around. Ooh, this is see. This is where it gets tough, and where you got to start thinking about it a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I think I've got to lock down one side of the field, so I'm going to go with uh, with my boy Joe Hayden. 
I like that. You went Joe. Okay. You okay. went Joe. Um. Give me, give me Janoris at the corner. Woo! Give me Jink. That's good over some names too, and I know that. But give me Jink. I'll try my patience over here, man. Give me Lido and and on one side. Uh huh. I'm gonna come back. Hendo me. Okay. So it's on me. I'm gonna go ahead and lock down all the corner before it get weird. Because <laughs> it's trying to get real weird. It's about to get real weird, boys. Uh, I'll take. Give me Vern. I'll take Vern at the other corner. All right. Um. So I'm gonna lock my uh, I'm gonna lock mine down, and I'm glad we've all locked it down with different people um, in our minds. I'm gonna go with uh, with our boy and Stadium McGill alumni, uh, Fred Weary, and then um, I think I might go uh, Lewis Oliver at safety. Passed over some big names. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I take that back before you talk. No. no, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. He'll still be around. He'll still be around. Man, time to go back. I mean, you can, man. No, no, it's fine. Go ahead, Silk. Give me. I'm gonna get my background out of the way, bro. I ain't got time to be playing with y'all, dog. Um, give me Mike Peterson. I'll take Mike Peterson no, at the back. No, how many how many corners are we picking? Four. 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 Okay. You took my P. Yeah. Give me a curse. He was taking last round. Or he's taking yeah, the last. Oh, last, yeah, last curse. Round. yeah, curse is taking curse his DN. Yeah. We took my DN. Yeah. Okay. Somebody took him as a DN. That's fine. That's fine. Give me a uh, Morrison. I, I did. We'll have to stand up. Okay. Antonio, give me Antonio Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. Give me Antonio Morrison. And let me get uh, let me get da, 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 da. let me get T's Tabor. All right, it's on me. Let me get Brandon Silent at linebacker. They go they go aside. My man Mike Peterson. Okay. All right, this is tough. All right, so I'm gonna go with um. Channing Crowder. I like that. Okay. And then I'm going to go with... Oh, man. Do I do it? Or do I wait? What do I think about his ego right now? How? What do you think Ahmad's ego is right now? We're on round six, and he still hasn't been picked. Yet. He's smiling. I see it. He's got the most picks in Gators history. Um, but I st- I still like Ahmad. You're on mute, so um, I'm, I'm gonna be, go. I'm, I'm gonna be second at safety. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. So I right, I want that go there. Yeah, I think I still need to uh to lock down my safety or my uh oh, that's tough. I'm gonna go with Scott 
Scott Brantley at linebacker. Hmm. Hmm. I still got some options at this safety. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of safety options. I'm gonna take my man, my five six one this thing. Give my man Matt Eden to go beside Reggie Nelson. I like that. That's who I was between. Okay. All right, all right. Give me Kiki. Okay. I like that. And give me a linebacker. Give me Jelani Jenkins. That's going to run around for me. How many DBs I got? You got two safeties and two cornerbacks. All right. I'm going to go. It's on me. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. It is. Let me get my man Key One. Let me get Rat. Oh boy! Oh, I forgot Rat was a little up there, man. I thought somebody picked him across the line. Okay. All right, and then I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, probably the guy that had the biggest hit ever in the University of Florida history. I'm gonna go with their boy Lawrence Wright. Uh, uh, All right. Well, all right. Him and Major Wright. All right. Um, there you go. Your last name got to be right. And then they, And then I'm going to go with another Stadium and Gale alumni at defensive back and go uh, with our boy D-Webb. All right. So me? Yeah. No, it's on silk. No, it's on silk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I just need a linebacker now. You need two linebackers, one safety and one corner. Two linebackers, Jelani off the board, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying not to be uh extra five six one ish, you know. It'd be five six one ish. What can I go? Mage off the board? No, sir. Let me get mage. That's now that's a you have Nelson Elam and, and Major Wright at safety. Not bad. All right, Ahmad, you're up. So let me see. Uh da, 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 da. you need one linebacker, two safeties, and one corner. So I need one linebacker, two safety. Hold on, I need yeah, one linebacker, two safety. Yeah, don't you shit. And how many corners? <laughs> not, yet, <laughs> not yet, Katie. Not yet, Katie. Not yet, Katie. In one corner. All right, so give me uh, – give me – I got somebody that's going to – Give me Bostick. Damn it. That linebacker. It's on me? Nope. No, I just oh. got one more pick. I am not even to play with y'all, man. Give me my black at safety. Mm. Nah, tripper. Nah, how you gonna even do that? I right, me uh Gerard Davis at linebacker. Got about Gerard. 
Good pick, bro. That was going to be my pick. Uh, I'm going to go with, let me round out my safeties with, um, do my boy Marquand Manuel. That's a good one. That's a real good one. And then let me go with, now I want, so there, there's a guy that I want to pick. I want to pick Ryan Smith because he only played for the Gators for one year and I think he had a really good year. But I'm going to go um, with, uh, I guess he's a corner. Are we going to do Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as a corner? Yeah. I mean, Nickel, huh? corner. Play corner. So, play yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to put him – we're going to put him out there. So Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I just need some guy with some swag, you know. So we got a team full of swag, but he's just going to take me take me up. I'm back. I, I, I got to go – I, I need a DB, right? I'm confused. Yeah, you need a, you need a linebacker and a cornerback. We doing four linebackers? Yeah, four linebackers. Okay. Um Let me get Johnny Rutledge for that 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 last linebacker right there. All right, Ahmad, you're up. Last two picks. You need a safety and a DB. All right, and cornerback. I just need a corner. You need a you need a safety too. I already did. I picked Kiki and I picked me. Yeah, you've got three safeties. Oh, we picked three. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. We good now. Let me mark Marcus May. Okay. I like that. You got uh, one more. Y'all, y'all tripping, man. I ain't, y'all tripping. Stop playing with me. You mean Marcus May who? Nah, take May, May off. Give me May. Y'all tripping. Who? May is right. I already got him. No, he already got him. Yeah, you tripping. Yeah, tripping. Let me give me May then. Give me May. You got to go again, yeah. right? Yeah, and then my corner, and then I'm gonna go with uh, damn dog. I'm saying that they had to play corner here. What, what, what about Quinn Dunbar? Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm about, I'm about, I'm yeah, about, no, I'm sir. Gonna, I'm gonna let you do that. Let's see what the fans say. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> eat me alive about that fit, yo. They're probably gonna listen to the show and be like, "Man, I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not sure what to do with that information." All the, all the corners you just passed, you picked Dunbar. I can't even think about. I can't wait till this this show That's come up. The worst one to ever suit up uh, for the Gators. Yeah, literally. Um, I gotta go down some teams, man. Hold on, give me a second. I'm trying to see. Um, let me go with. I could give you Earl Everett. <laughs> no, let me go with. Um, damn, we got all of Let me go with. James Bates, cool. I'm doing corners, bro. I already got my linebackers. Uh, I'm going to Duke Dawson. Y'all tripping. I like that. Let me get Quincy Wilson. Let me kill that with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm part of the Wilson, Wilson Hive, man. So let me round this thing off with Q. I need a big corner. The rest of my corners are 5'10", 5'11". Who'd you, who'd you say, Ahmad? I'm sorry? Duke Dawson. Okay. All right, so there's two people that I'm in between, and I know nothing about them other than their names and their stats. So I think 
I'm gonna go with. So part of part of where I've struggled, I think, with getting the fans' attention is that I've picked some people that are a little bit older, and so I'm gonna pick another one. So um, in order to make me feel better about me, I need to tell you that he was a two-time All-American first team. Um, <laughs> And two-time All SEC. Dan so ain't gonna all that. All they gonna do is see his name on the on the on the on the depth chart. Dan ain't gonna that's, see that's, that. That's fine, Ahmad. Ahmad, keep talking. You're about to have Quentin Dunbar back on your team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with um, with uh, former first team All American in 1984, 1985, Alonzo Johnson. Ooh, Dan. People gonna get ran by Dan. Dan would ain't burn yet. I, I was not. I was uh gosh, that's four years before I was I was born. You wanted to say it like you know, you see Paul's. So what? <laughs> hey Pat Pat Dooley had him on a list of the top ten linebackers in Gator history, so I'll take it. We need to get him back on and tell him to evaluate all of our lists and see which team he would pick. Yeah. That'd be good. After the fans vote all vote for me to be the champion of this, we have Pat come on and do a breakdown of the old guys that you pick. That's it. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> See, this this is go. where like doing research. Like, Man, doing I think I know what I'm doing because I'm doing research and everything else. And you have these guys that are from like the sixties. I'm like, bro, like nobody on Twitter, nobody that listens to this podcast has ever even heard of this person. No. I'm like, I'm sure he was a four time all American. He probably right. weighed like 131 pounds and was like five foot four. Not, not really going to be your office coordinator. Scrappy with a high motor. That's, That's right. He's a, he's a gym rat. The bio is going to say that. He's, he's a coach. Play, off, play offense and defense. Like. That's right. That's right. It was funny. I, I was reading one about a defensive back, and it was like, you know, this guy played in a day and age where people didn't throw the ball, and he still had 13 passing deflections. I'm like, oh, God. That's, that's what that's stat, bro. Deflections, bro. He earned his scholarship. He knocked 13 balls down. Well, they're playing volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> what a leather helmet on. Man. Hey, guys, I, I like the way that our, our teams are coming out. So next week we're going to do uh, – what are we going to do? A kicker, punter, and then um, – We got to do a return, man. Returner? Yeah. Punt, and kicker, returner. Uh, we're going to do head coach, OC. Okay, DC. and DC? Yeah. Okay, what about graphic designer? I got Kevin Camps. I got um, Joker Phillips. <laughs> 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 I'm aware from like that standpoint because everybody's just gonna laugh. So, <laughs> Joker, bro. <laughs> Worst edits in edit history. Uh, we doing a my word of the week. I got. I went to Chicago for this one. Oh, oh yeah. let's go! I definitely don't know this one. Hey, hey, hey! Um, if they say, "Hey, uh, Dan, that's oh. on folk. That's on phoneem." What that mean? I. <laughs> You're gonna have to start that all over again. <laughs> what word did you say? It's it's, it's a phrase on phonem. On on phonem. Yeah, on phonem grave. If I say man, Dan, that's on phonem grave. I, I t- to be honest with you, there's sometimes I guess, and sometimes I'm lucky and I get them right. There's sometimes I know because I'm from South Florida, um, but there's sometimes I have no idea even what you're saying. And this is one of those times. So, 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 <laughs> so you ever heard somebody say, Hey man, on my mama. Yeah. That's on my mama. Like, so like on folding them grave, I, I promise you I ain't lying. I promise you I'm telling you the truth. So it's almost like saying like on my mama, like, 
Like, bro, yeah. I swear. You see what I'm saying? So what is what is actually phoneme? Who is that? I don't know, bro. I've been asking for years, bro. And everybody from Chicago that I asked, they just be like, is that what they say? Like on it's like F like F O, like on phoneme. We gotta find out who phoneme. I don't know who phoneme. <laughs> you can't just be putting stuff on phoneme. Because I really want to I might, might, might want to lie on phoneme. I don't know phoneme. Yeah, I might not mind. <laughs> 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 I might have had a grudge with them in the past, you know? <laughs> right. The phone them something. <laughs> Man, All right. Who, who got All the song? Right. Where we at? Song or no? Yeah, yeah we're about to take it out of here, man. Um, dope episode, man. Um, we potting out here a little bit in these quarantine streets. We, we still providing fire content, man. Let's keep it up. We're going to get the fans an extra show this week. Hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get some money, too. You're gonna have a fire show next week, though. I'm gonna feel like Oprah on uh, on our next show. Hey, our next show gonna be fire. You hear me? So stay tuned. This one was fire. The next one fire. The next one after that fire. And then the next one after that fire. Yeah, we keep it going. You know, yeah. there's a there's a theme here. <laughs> there you go. All right, man, I feel like some R&B vibes, man. Oh man, I can't wait to get by this on the timeline. Slow. I'm always in my R&B bag. Um, that's what I'm at in life, Ma. I'm in my mm-hmm. R&B bag of life. Okay, ain't nothing wrong with that. You gonna play next? Next? No, give me uh, give me Sir, all in my head. You know, I'm talking about next. Ain't no next in my in my on my playlist. They out of control, man. Hey, Dad, did you go check out the uh, little baby uh, country song? No, you know I didn't. I uh, I meant to um, I meant to listen to it. I was with uh, some friends, uh, less than six of us on uh, on Friday night. Uh, that's when you tweeted, and no, I didn't. So I'll, uh, I'll I'll check it out right after this is over. You tried to clear that up. Less than six of us. Yeah, you know I, I, I don't need I don't need the feds that in my that. my engines. Yeah, it's called like uh, it's called Light Home. Is it, is Mark, it little baby? It's, it's is it country ish or is it like Old Town Road type? It's trap country, you know. Okay, hey, I'm here for that. Yeah. Trap still feels like home. All right, take us out of here with some sir. Same corner, same time. Yay! Later this week. That's right.
I'm wrong to stay, but she's so amazing. 